Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. You and I chat every day. And I hope you spread the word about the Locked On NFL podcast and the whole Locked On network. Started with the NBA and now we are heavy, heavy into the NFL. And we are what? A dozen regular season or regular uh, regular season weeks in here. And you and I have been chatting quite a while. We had a pretty good game last night and in Philly, Packers won. Pretty much handled the action from start to finish. And I picked the Packers to win for that reason. You know, a couple things that worried me about this game from the Eagles' perspective was, boy, Green Bay's letting up a ton of points, and their secondary's a mess, and uh, defense can't stop anyone, and people are dropping 40 on the Packers left and right, and so many big plays allowed. Yeah, but that's not the Eagles. I mean, even the Eagles on their best day are... Chiefs wannabes, you know, that, and I'm not even being critical, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's a good formula, especially with a rookie quarterback. I hope in time, like what happened with Russell Wilson, Wentz will get more and more in terms of throwing downfield and being aggressive, but they just don't have the weapons either. I mean, they don't have the weapons to exploit the secondary. And Jordan Matthews left this game with an ankle, really doesn't leave much, you know, I mean, Green Beckham flashed and, I thought Sproles had a really nice game. And with all respect to Sproles, he's had a fantastic career, and he's a favorite of all of ours. But if you're that reliant on Darren Sproles, your offense has some problems. Um, I didn't think Wentz played poorly or well, you know, kind of right in the middle of the road. I'd love to see him with weapons. Didn't play all that. He, he took a cup, couple deep shots, but very few. But who would you take him to? Um, didn't play that well under pressure. You know, Packers got a little bit of pass rush. Not great, but still. I look at the Eagles now, and I kind of think they're cooked. You know, that division is just too tough. Um, I pretty much know they're cooked at this point. But all in all, successful season. Good things going on in Philly. Absolutely need to find two weapons in this offseason. That has to be the priority. Uh, Too much stress on the defense. But, and this is something I talked about on Friday... Kind of saw this coming from Rodgers, too. Like, national stage, everyone's still talking about, is he any good anymore? What's wrong with the Packers? He was phenomenal, man. I mean, that that touchdown pass to Adams. He's, you know, obviously, they're shuffled their offensive line a fair amount against a very good Eagles defensive line. And their game plan here was get it out quick, you know. And they showed really good timing with that. And that has been something that's been lacking. A lot of the old school Packers slants. And, you know, that that was good to see. And when they rushed four, he carved them up. And, and he he's a very timely and effective and nasty runner when with the football, too. Uh, took a couple shots downfield. Jordy looked good. I don't know that Jordy will ever be 
the old Jordy in terms of field stretcher, but the back shoulder fades or the one that was just a death nail. Um, and Adams is a player. You know, Adams is a guy. That, that's important. But Rodgers is really playing well. And uh, in that division, they have a shot. I mean, they still don't really have a running game. I don't know that we could say that their defensive backfield or defense in general is fixed from just watching this game. But it's encouraging, of course. I mean, you go on the road against a quality team that's had some big wins this year, and you get the victory when you need it most. Um, Green Bay is still alive, and you know that, that that's good stuff. Uh, I forgot to mention that last week, because of Thanksgiving, we skipped power ranks. Um, we're going to do power ranks tomorrow. I didn't do a list, so we'll just kind of ignore that. It'll be like a two-week jump. Um, but we will talk just a little snippet about every team um, so tomorrow will be power ranks. I'm looking forward to it. We haven't done it for a while. So that's good stuff too. All right. We got two more games I want to talk about today. The, the upset of the week is Seattle getting beat bad by Tampa. And I think you guys know my opinion on the, on Seattle and going into this game, I thought they might be the best team in the league. You know, them and Dallas and New England, and New England's a little shaky, by the way. Um, Dallas keeps rolling. But Seattle, I did not see this coming. I mean, I thought they were ready to be a powerhouse. Is this a fluky situation for them? And then my thoughts on Tampa, basically three weeks ago or a month ago, I thought they were cooked. I thought they were a bottom feeder, a top 10 draft pick type of team. And they deserve an awful lot of credit. I mean, they're on a roll now, beating quality opponents. Um, Let's talk about Tampa first. Defensively. I mean, if you recall, it was Lovey Smith, a lot of cover two, basically a zone-based defense. And they haven't changed that dramatically. There's still a zone-based defense a lot more cover three. And Grimes is playing pretty well. Hargraves continues to get better. Uh, their safeties, I don't think, are very good players, but they're not asked to do a ton. Um, but much like the Panthers, the Tampa Bay is getting a lot of production, particularly from Levante David. And, and Levante David's kind of been a forgotten guy um, in the last couple of years in terms of the, the best second-level linebackers out there. But he's rising back up to the top. And that level's been very good in coverage. And why I equated it to Carolina was, you know, they, they, they don't have a lot of talent in that Carolina secondary. I think more last year when they were humming. But Davis and Keekley, and they use a first-round pick on Shaq Thompson. They, they made a lot of problems go away. And I think you could see more of that going forward, that they're, they're good at taking away the quick-hitting passing game that's so prominent now in the NFL. The second level coverage has is, is been really, really good. Led by David. He's all over the field. Um, and Tampa in general has good range there. And that's you know masking some of their secondary problems. As is their pass rush, which was really the story in this game. Uh, Wilson was under pressure constantly. And Noah Spence had two sacks. I liked him a lot coming out of school. I think he's got a chance to be a, you know, a, a legit quality pass rusher defensive end he seems to be getting better and better uh, I still think they could use another body or two up here this offseason um, but Gerald McCoy very very good player too sort of like David 
where they were the only two guys anybody knew on this defense, and then everyone sort of, yeah, they didn't get the pub anymore. And maybe part of it's because the town they're in, and you know, not the biggest market for, you know, it's not like they're in New York. But he was dominant, and he just whipped up on the first round pick of Fetty in this game. Again, Wilson was under a lot of pressure. Seattle got very little going on the ground. Um, Wilson didn't play very well, and a lot of it was the circumstances around him, but he's been playing at such a high level that he was unable to bail out the rest of his team in this game, as he has so often uh, throughout the season. And even the his guys weren't getting open. He was under pressure right away. No running game. It was not good at all. And uh, I forget what the numbers were, but his first half passing stats were crazy bad. I mean, awful. Um, so I tend to think that Seattle will be fine, you know, but I also got to wonder, you know, wouldn't you moving on from Christy Michael? Is that the right choice? I'm not sure. I mean, he doesn't make the difference in this game. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they're putting a lot of stock in Thomas Rawls. And I don't know that that's a wonderful idea. On the other side of the ball, I'm not worried about Seattle's D, especially because Earl Thomas and Michael Bennett are coming back. And those guys uh, were out for this game. With all respect to Sherman, Wagner's a great player, Averill's a great player, but the two guys you want out least in that defense to me are Thomas and Bennett. And they've been out with, they've been without Bennett for a while now. But Thomas is the eraser. He makes all the problems go away, allows them to do what they do. Um, Tampa is protecting a little bit better. These last couple of weeks, I just wrote an article on this. So check out my timeline at Williamson NFL, and I'll tell you more in detail of why I think Tampa's playing so well these past couple of weeks. Their protection's been better. They're helping their guys a little bit more than they were. Um, I absolutely think the return of Doug Martin is, it's not a coincidence that him coming back has really helped this team. Not that he's great, not that he's Adrian Peterson in his prime, but he's a quality every down back a very good player. Um, and this offense isn't like a lot of the quick-hitting ones out there. It's a little bit more of an 80s downfield offense. Big receivers, big arm quarterback that likes to sling it. A lot of power running, run, run, play action, throw deep. So they need that running back. And that's why they paid Martin what they did this offseason, which was a, quite a bit of money. And at the time, I was like, man, that's a lot of money to give it back coming off his first contract. But they need him, and he makes Winston's life much easier. You have to talk about Winston and Evans. Is No one talks about Evans on that Beckham-Julio level. And I'm not sure he's there yet, but he's having as good a year as anyone. He's a superstar. He's very young. So is Winston. These two, these two might set the record for quarterback-receiver touchdowns. In a, in a career. I mean, 10 years from now, they might be averaging 10 touchdowns between the two of them every year. I mean, it's a great combination. The system fits really well. By the way, Dirk Cutter's doing a very good job with this Tampa Bay team, too. That, that can't be ignored. Winston, I, I think, will always be a somewhat turnover-prone guy just because he's a gunslinger. And I mean that in all the, all the good ways. You know, that he's, go, he's not going to be bashful. But he has not turned the ball over at all these past couple weeks. Tampa Bay is creating turnovers. That's been gigantic for their success. I don't know how far they can go, but they're a really interesting team right now, led by 
a superstar young quarterback. I mean, I really have been a Winston believer since day one. Him and Mariota, I think, are going to be great. And this Winston to Evans combination is going to be lethal for a very long time. All right, all right. We're going to do one more game on this fine day. And that is Arizona losing to Atlanta. The cards are done. The cards are done. It's a really good defense. They're awful on special teams. You know, that's something that can't be ignored. I mean, special teams are a bigger part of the game than many realize. Arizona's terrible on special teams. Their offense is troublesome. You know, I understand that they've had a... They're not designed to deal with offensive line injuries well as a downfield team in just big picture, and they've had to deal with a lot of them. This one was particularly concerning. Humphreys, the former first-round pick, moved to left tackle his first game there. And I thought he was fine there. And I bet if you ask him, he's probably more comfortable at left tackle. And maybe you consider putting Valdir on the right side next year. But this Urbic John or Urich John was inserted at right tackle. Horrible. I mean, terrible. He's not a starting caliber player. Vic Beasley owned him. You know, whipped up on him consistently. And Palmer's not getting out of the way anyone anymore. He needs a night he needs a clean pocket. Isn't getting it. Downfield threats aren't helping. They can't protect long enough to stretch the field. You know, Floyd and John Brown and these guys are highly inconsistent right now. There's two guys in this offense playing well. And David Johnson's playing Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott well. You know, I mean, like, he, he's as, as good as anyone out there. As a two-way threat, he's a superstar. I was wrong about him coming out of school. He is legit. He has he, he does all he can to put this team on his back, but it's not enough, especially in Atlanta against such a good offense. Uh, and Larry's still legit, too, man. I mean, my man just keeps going and going. He's a superstar. He's an easy Hall of Famer. One of the all-time great receivers who... You know, just keeps refining his game and might not be as quick and as explosive, but is still highly, highly effective. But you look at when when they have eleven guys on the field, as they always do. Larry and Johnson are really the only two that you'd say, boy, those guys are well above average out there. You know, no one else is at that level right now for this offense, which is shocking considering where they were just a year ago. Um. Keanu Neal's playing really well for Atlanta. I mentioned Beasley. Some of these young guys, they're certainly a lot more athletic on that side of the ball, which was clearly uh, their priority through the draft to get young, get fast, especially in the second level and middle of the field. Uh, you're seeing some of that. I would think the best is yet to come. But obviously their, their offense is the key. And check my timeline too. It'll probably come out today. I wrote an article yesterday about you know Atlanta's offense, and, and it's super-duper impressive. They run a lot of base personnel. You see three receivers on the field from Atlanta, fewer than most teams. However, <laughs> that might have to change because of the way Tyler Gabriel's playing. I mean, they have an embarrassment of riches where they can't get, you know, if you put their five best skill guys, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs on the field, Somebody good or a couple people good are on the sidelines. And that doesn't even include guys like Hardy or, you know, down-the-line guys. 
because Gabriel, this was his show today, and it feels like it's somebody different every week um, because they can attack you so many ways. I mean, like if you remember against Denver, they got Coleman against linebackers, and he just exploited that matchup. That they're really good, and Shanahan's doing a great job of finding what you do poorly, and we got a guy that can exploit it, you know, and that's very much the case. Like, for example, I mean, Patrick Peterson is the best corner in the league, and I thought he got the better of Julio Jones. And, and I'm not sure they were going to force the ball to Jones because they had other places to go. So even if Peterson and Julio are playing their own game, you just take them out of the equation, well, then they got other guys. They have so many other guys. And Ryan's distributing the ball really well. Gabriel is tiny, but he's one of those fast guys that makes fast guys look slow, if, you, if that makes any sense. Like that... Skilled players, linebackers, safeties, take an angle on this guy to the corner and think they have him, and he blows past them by a step or two. And I'm sure if you gave those those defenders, you know, true serum, they would be like, "I didn't think he could be that fast," you know that. Or in the open field, he just runs away from corners that are four three guys. I mean, he's rare speed, rare football speed, and also has very good vision. Great with the ball in his hands. Great for a decoy, just putting them in jet motion or throwing them screens or handing it on end of rounds or just getting the ball to him any way he can. But he freezes defense as just him being out there. So I think he needs to play more. So maybe they won't be as much of a base personnel team going forward. Who knows? Uh, but they play with Patrick DeMarco a lot as a pure fullback. He's got one of the more higher snap counts in the league as pure fullbacks go. I really like Hooper as a developing tight end. They haven't had a guy really since you know, Gonzalez retired. I think Hooper will be a quality player for them. Ryan's playing really well. The line is much better than a year ago. Alex Mack certainly helps that too. Um, I, I think this Falcons team could win it all. I mean, uh, they're getting better. Uh, they have a, you know, with Seattle losing... They could end up with a bye. I mean, that's a possibility now. I mean, it, it's, you need a break or two. Host a game or two in Atlanta. Uh, I think that would go a long way. I mean, I think they're a really good team, but I don't want them. If I'm, if I'm them, I don't want to go to Dallas or Seattle. Um, but I think they're clearly the third best team right now in the NFC. And the way Seattle played this past week, you could say maybe they're second. Um, so, Zona's done. Atlanta has me really intrigued as a top, top dog. We'll have them ranked pretty high tomorrow on the power ranks. That's going to do it. Good little chat today, as always. Tomorrow, we'll spend a little time with each team. You know, where, they at, where they're at in the world, what, what their chances are for the postseason. Um, some of these teams obviously need to look ahead to the future. So, that's it. All right. All is well. Take care. Over and out. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17